Is Megan Mays here today? Is she? Hi, Megan. She shared, before we get started, would you stand this morning? She shared something, I think it was yesterday. It's so good. And I want to share it with you guys before we get started in worship. When the worship leader begins to sing, he's not actually starting a worship set. We're joining a worship set that is already happening. That's good. That's good. We're already joining in. Worship is one of the primary activities happening around God's throne. We're going to join in with them this morning. When we gather to worship here on earth, we are coming into agreement with heaven. You know who's up there worshiping God right now? My son. My mom. I'm going to join in with them as we gather together as a church family and worship. We're going to join in, all right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity and the health to be in this house today. And God, we lift up every single person that's in here, Father, every heart, all minds, Father, whatever anybody's dealing with, Lord. Lord, I want them to know that there is hope in Jesus. There is hope in Jesus. There is life in Jesus. And Lord, I pray right now, whatever they're dealing with this morning, that they come to your feet, lay it at your feet, be changed today. And Father, that you would start a fire within each one of us in this church, Father. Start a fire in us, God. Let your fire rain down in this place on us. Burn away things, Father, that don't belong. Clean us. Father, I just praise you and I thank you for what you're about to do in this place. We give you all the glory and the honor and praise. And the church said... Amen. Let's worship. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all that stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no
about me Let me tell you about my Jesus oh. He makes a way where there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can't say Let me tell you about my Jesus
many times through the scriptures the Lord refers to himself God as I am I am I am I am the great I am that's just amazing and wonderful words he is he was he is he will ever be the great I am I want to be close close to your side so heaven is real and death is a lie I want to hear voices of angels above singing as one hallelujah holy holy God almighty the great I am who is worthy none beside thee God almighty the great I
65, reading out of Psalm 65, you faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds. Oh God, our Savior, you are the hope of everyone on earth, even those who sail on distant seas. You formed the mountains by your power and armed yourself with mighty strength. You quieted the raging oceans with their pounding waves and silenced the shouting of the nations. Those who live at the ends of the earth stand in awe of your wonders. From where the sun rises to where it sets, you inspire shouts of joy. We praise you, God. We praise you, O God. We praise you, O God. We praise you, O God. Shouts of joy to you, O God. We praise you, O Father. Praise your name. Praise your name, God. Hallelujah. 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 The mountains shake. The mountains shake before you. The demons run and flee.
into your life he sets he sets down hard on your heart you know it you know the Lord's been there and the Lord is there the Lord is not just an idea it's just not church for me it's just it's just not the idea of coming it's this is more there's something something we're we're there's something so super spiritual about this gathering and we're we're among We're, we're among those praising the Lord right now in heaven. In heaven, the rejoicing, we're right there. I read t- this week, there's a membrane that is stretched so thin that we can just almost, we're almost there. We're just right there. The spiritual is right here, right? It's, the spiritual is all around us. I thank God. I praise God for what he's done. God's given me a new outlook on life. He's changed my heart. He's changed my mind. And I thank God. Let's give God an awesome praise. Praise you, Lord. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's go on three. One, two, three. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, God, for what you've done. We thank you, Lord. Greet somebody today and show them that you love them. Tell them you love them. It's good to see you. morning I was just listening when he says to greet a noisy church is a healthy church I love hearing people visiting and welcoming people here Uh, can I give a word real quick that I just got at the end of worship maybe for somebody in here I'm sure it is Um, 
maybe one, maybe several in here, but recently you've been disappointed. Um, disappointed by a decision that came to pass that you aren't handling too well right now. And God wanted me to let you know that sometimes decisions are redirection. Decisions that he makes in your life and, and maybe things that you didn't want to go a certain way, they are redirection and sometimes they are divine appointments from God to steer you away from things that he knows better than you do. So remember that this morning, if you're dealing with some disappointment, um, discouragement from something that's happened here recently in your life, that just because you're disappointed does not mean that God is still not dedicated to your plan for your life. Okay? All right. You can let me know if their church for that was for you, because I know it was for somebody in here. But remember, God is still dedicated to you and the plan that he has for your life. All right, a couple of other announcements. If you're a first-time guest here, will you just lift your hand up real quick? You don't have to come up here or anything. First-time guest at Orchardville Church. <clears throat> we want to thank you for being here, and I pray you're being blessed so far by what's going on in God's house. There is a card in the seat in front of you, in the back of that seat in front of you, if you just fill it out. Turn it in at the welcome desk. It's just got some basic info on it. And we have a gift for you at the welcome desk. Just a little thank you for being with us today. Our little slogan for this year, I have used this in youth before, but I feel like uh, in, the, in the times that we're living in, we have to be intentional about the people around us that are heading to hell. We have to care. So in 2024, we want to put an emphasis on each member, each, I'm not going to say member, if you attend here on a regular basis, you're part of our family, okay? We want to put a focus on each one of us, myself included, reaching one person and seeing them saved in 2024. Every single one of us. Every one of us. That is what we're called to be doing. So take a hold of that. Maybe you're in here and you say, hey, I'm seven days in and I've got it taken care of. Way to go. <laughs> and again, we're not keeping tally marks up here on the wall. It's not a competition. It's not a game. It's life and death. It's eternity. So please don't approach people by saying, listen, I'm about the last four people in the church that hasn't led somebody to the Lord. I need you to come to Jesus. <laughs> Share his love. Present the gospel. Okay? And do it. Do it. All right? Thank you. Let me know if it happens for you. Okay? I want to celebrate with you and help those people. Disciple them. So, if you have your Bibles, we'll be in Luke 9.23. We started a new series last week to kick off our year. Let's go to another level. Right? And we, most of us in here, verbally said or raised our hands last week, <clears throat> that that is something that we want to do with our faith. We want to go to another level. We're, we're ready to take our faith, our walk with the Lord to another level. And we kicked this off last week. And as we're looking at taking our faith to another level, we all sometimes, whether you want to admit it or not, we get to the point in our spiritual life where sometimes we just go through the motions and we never really advance or gain any ground in our faith. Yes or no? It happens, okay? 
We get lazy or we get apathetic in our walk and we forget the power that Jesus has in our lives when we truly pursue him with our whole heart. We also admitted that we remember the first, when we first got saved, what that felt like and that we don't always feel that way anymore. And we talked about that God hasn't changed. We do. He's still the same exciting God to serve just like he was the day you gave your life to him. Okay, so we want to go to another level. Week two today. You guys remember the story uh, when Jesus called Matthew to be his disciple? Matthew was a what? He was a tax collector. A tax collector was about as low as a dog in the eyes of the Jews. But for Matthew, it paid the bills. And then some. And when Matthew was called... He had a choice to make. When each one of us are called, when the Holy Spirit convicts us to come to Jesus, we have a choice to make. Matthew could keep looking out for number one, or he could follow Jesus. Now, in this world today, we see a lot of self-help, self-this, self-self-self-self. Build yourself up. Encourage yourself. Don't worry about other people. Make yourself happy. It's opposite of what Jesus asked us to do. Now, I'm not saying don't take care of yourself. But there's so many things in the world pointing us in that direction that we can, we can do it ourselves. It's self. Let me take care of me. But Matthew chose to deny number one, which was himself. And he stepped out on a road that would change his life forever. How many of you guys have been changed forever? Amen. Good. I like that. Amen. <laughs> We're talking about... Uh, taking our faith to another level in Jesus. And last week we looked at our, what was it? Desire. Thank you, honey. It's not all about making fun of me. She encourages too. <laughs> I'm kidding. She knows I might indulge in the dessert table at Oasis tomorrow. But I'm going to restrain myself. Refrain or restrain. <laughs> I have Vince to help me with that. Watch me tomorrow, Vince. <laughs> All right, we looked at desire and how we have to have that desire first to want to go to another level in God. Our main passage for this series is Luke 9, 23. It says, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, talked about desire last week, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So our focus this morning, what I want to talk about for a little bit is the phrase deny himself or herself or ourselves. Deny. Deny self. And Jesus tells us to be, if we want to be his disciple, we have to deny ourselves. If we want to go to the next level as a Christian, we have to be denying ourselves. And the basics of Christianity include self-denial. That's a part of this. And for a little bit better picture of it, there's another character in the Bible, a man by the name of Paul. If you go to Philippians 3, Paul had some self-denial, took him a little bit to get there. Philippians 3, 7 through 12. Philippians 3, 7 through 12 says, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, 
and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am I already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for the opportunity to be here, God. We thank you for breath in our lungs to praise you and, Father, to encourage each other in this house today, Lord. And right now, we just ask that your word saturate our hearts. Let us grow together today, Father. Let us be moved by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let us encounter you in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, Paul is a picture of self-denial here in this scripture. But if you read right before these scriptures, Paul had every right to have confidence in himself. He could have confidence in the position where he was born. He was born and raised a Jew, and the Jews considered themselves a step above everybody else and God's chosen people. He had good roots, and he was purebred Jew. He could have confidence in that. He could have confidence in his ability to keep the law. He was zealous for keeping the law. He knew the rules, and he lived to keep the rules. He also pointed out those who broke the law. He was persecuting Christians. We remember this now, okay? He could have confidence in his position that he had. He was a Pharisee, the ruling class of the Jews. He was a leader and held an important place in society. He was held in high esteem because of his position in life. He could have confidence in his own abilities. Now, men, I'll speak to us. Sometimes we have too much confidence in our own abilities, that could be good and bad. The good side of it is we think we can take care of everything and do everything on our own. The bad thing is sometimes your abilities don't match your confidence. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay? He considered himself blameless in his pursuit of living the perfect life, and he felt confident he could do whatever he needed to do to be successful. He was talented, and he knew it. Some of us in this building today, we were born with good family names, right? Some of us aren't that fortunate. Some of us have obtained good positions in our lives. How many of you are kind of happy with the position you have in life right now? Some of us, I said, I didn't figure every hand would go up. Some of us have developed great abilities and depend on these abilities to get us ahead in life. We can relate to what Paul is saying here. He was self-dependent. He had the ability to get things done. And many of us in here today are self-dependent, and we can get things done by our own power, by persuasion. We can get things, we can make things happen. So this great life that Paul had, this confidence that he had, what did he do with it? He gave it all up. He gave it all up. He counted it all as loss. He wrote it all off. He realized that all the stuff that he had, that he had accomplished, wasn't the key to life. Some of us still need to figure that out today. 
Everything you've accomplished and how well off you're doing and how much money you're making is great and everything, but that is not the key to life. You're missing it. He counted it all as rubbish. He said that all he had in his early life was dung. I don't need to explain that, right? Or garbage in his life now. The position he was born into, his position in life, his own abilities, he gave everything, he gave it all up. Why? Why did he do this? Why did he think of his early life in this way? Why did he give all this up? Why did he deny himself all the things the world would say would make us a success in life? Why has he given all this stuff up? He denied himself so he could know Jesus. Denied himself so he could know Jesus. He denied himself so he could know the power of Jesus in his life. He denied himself to be in fellowship with Jesus. He denied himself so that he could be what Jesus had called him to be. I wonder how many people, how many Christians are out wandering around doing life and they're not even doing what God's called them to do. When Paul began his personal relationship with the Lord, everything else paled in comparison to his walk with Jesus. Everything. His relationship and dependence on the Lord was worth more to him than anything the world had to offer. Is that your life right now? Is your relationship with Jesus more important than anything that this world has to offer you? He lived, Luke 9, 23. He had the desire and he was willing to deny himself that he could follow Jesus with everything that he had. Now, we have to have a correct view of self-denial because automatically your minds go to, I can't have fun, I can't do what I want. And a lot of people, as you read about Paul, think he was crazy to give up the great treasures that he had in life. Now, if I came up to some of you, I'm not Jesus, and I've been reminded of that from people in the church. If I was to come up to you guys and say, ma'am, you need to give up your house, your nice vehicles, you just need to give those things up and you need to follow Jesus with everything you have. You got your priorities out of whack here and you just need to follow him with everything. How many people in here you think would say, you got it, Rick. I'll sign it off tomorrow. No, and I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but I'm saying we get so wrapped up in this and we forget about what we're building for there. We put too much stock in the things around us Amen. instead of following Jesus with everything we have. And it looked like Paul had it made. He could do what he wanted to. And some people will say religion is good, but when it starts messing up my personal life, that's going too far. Wrong view, wrong thoughts. Paul didn't deny himself for the purpose of religion. He had already been there and done that before. I don't want any part of religion. I want a part of relationship with Jesus. Paul could deny himself. He could get to this place because he found something, found someone more important than him. More important than him. Now, the, the misconceptions of self-denial... Um, 
again, all things, kind of things cross our minds when we hear this, that we have to give up stuff we like, that we have to be harsh on ourselves, that life is going to be boring and nothing will be exciting anymore. This is what we think of sometimes when we think about self-denial. And we need to get a true perspective of what self-denial of for Christ means. Okay? Now, I'm, I'm here to tell you, serving the Lord is exciting. I, I didn't give up anything exciting in my life that's been worth what Jesus has put into my life. I, I mean, we're talking about a man that went to the cross without even knowing us and died for us. That's exciting. It's sacrifice. We're talking about that we get to come together and we get to be in the presence of the Lord together and in our homes and in our cars. Wherever we go, the Holy Spirit is in us. That's exciting. That's better than any high the world can give me. That's better than any addiction the world can offer me. Being with the Lord and in his presence changes things. And that is exciting. I get to lay hands on people heal, and, and pray and see God heal people. That's exciting. I get to pray with people in the altar and watch, watch them have hope in their life again. That's exciting. We get to, to encourage each other by praying for each other, by smiling at each other. Because we have hope in Jesus and the joy of the Lord is our strength, not the frown of the Lord. We're happy people because of what God has done, what he's done. That's exciting. It's exciting to pull into the parking lot and know I get to see some awesome people. Even if they don't like me. That's how I feel about you guys. Okay? We get to love each other. We get to do life together. I'm not... I'm not giving up worldly things and, oh, my goodness, oh, I can't do that. I get Jesus. I get hope. I get strength on, in every day. I get eternity in heaven. And I get to recruit as many people as I can to go with me. That's exciting to me. We get to play awesome. Some of you are like, well, Rick, you've preached before about music. I'm, yeah, I think there are vices in music that lock your mind up and mess you up. But we get to play music that worships the Lord. And when we're doing that, here's another knock that we get sometimes as a church. Again, not sure why, because until you're here experiencing what's going on here, you should just keep your mouth shut. We're not here to perform I just talked to Joey about this yesterday. We're here to be in his presence. Just because we're anointed and sing well with what God's given us doesn't make us better than anybody else. Can't stand hearing that. We want to be in the presence of the Lord as we come together. We're not here to perform. We're not here just to give you the warm and fuzzies. We want to encounter the Holy Spirit when we come together. We want lives to be changed. We want the love of God to flow inside and outside of here through us, his vessels. I just got off on something else there for a while. When we have priorities, talking about self-denial, 
when we have priorities, the non-essentials in our life lose their importance. Let me jump on something else real quick. (laughs) You remember just almost four short years ago that the government and the world was saying church wasn't essential? And they closed us down, we closed down. That was devastating. Now, I think about me at the moment as being a youth pastor. I think about teenagers when I was in that position and and how no church for a teenager. Whoa. And then I, as I'm pastoring adults now, I say, whoa, no church for adults? Church is essential. God is essential. Gathering together is essential. And I told you guys back when I first started that we will never close the doors of this church again. Now, you, some of you guys are saying, that's irresponsible. I'm telling you, you make the decision on your own whether you want to be here or not. If, you, if it ever gets back to what it was four years ago, I pray it doesn't. That was dumb. we will not close. And, and I had this talk with our leadership and they're in agreement with it. Uh, we talked about even if the health department wants to shut things down, we're not closing. It is too vital for those that want to come together and be encouraged in the Lord and by other believers to not have it. We are essential and we'll be here. Okay. All right. I got to get on back on course. <laughs> Okay, when we have priorities, the non-essentials lose their importance. When certain things become important in our lives, other things lose their appeal. Uh, In your pursuit of your spouse, when you pursued them, other people didn't matter. Some of you are like, I wish we'd go back to those days in our relationship. (laughs) Right? When our priority is losing weight, junk food doesn't hold its appeal anymore. (laughs) If you make losing weight the priority, okay? When our priority is earning more money, everything else moves to the back. I gotta make another dollar. I gotta make another dollar. Guess what? You ain't taking any of it with you. (laughs) Ain't, I said ain't. When our priority, fellas, is killing a deer or ladies, all our energy is poured into reaching our goal. Come on, guys. Amen. Ladies, yeah, that's right. (laughs) He neglects everything on hunting season. But to make these priorities real in our lives, we may have to deny a lot of other things in our lives. See where I'm going with this? Those things we deny don't seem to matter when we're trying to reach our goal. When our priority is becoming a dedicated follower of Jesus, the non-essentials fade away. When our goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection, nothing else can compete with that. I want to know him. I want to press on in my walk with him. When Paul came to know Jesus and follow him, his priorities in life changed. They changed. 
When we come to know Jesus, our priorities in life should change. All those things that were once important to Paul just faded away. And when our priority is being a disciple of Jesus, our priorities will change for us. All those things we once thought were important are going to just start to fade away. It's not, and it's not that we're giving up the good stuff. We've just found the better stuff. <laughs> Does that make sense? I'm not trying to be disrespectful by calling God stuff, but the things of God are better than what the world has to offer us. And that's exciting. And it's not that life has lost its excitement. We found a life that is much more exciting. Now, how do we practice this self-denial? You got to focus on knowing Jesus. It's more than just a prayer you say. And, and it's more than just, I surrendered my life. Have you surrendered your life to him? It's all of it. It's all or nothing. You cannot live with one foot in the world and one foot for Jesus. It will not work. It will not work. Focus on being in fellowship with him. Focus on being what Jesus has called you to be. These focuses take our minds off of ourselves and they place our minds on Christ. God wants to use us, utilize us for his purposes. But we can't be used until we've emptied ourselves of our goals and ambitions. As long as our priorities and go our goals dominate our lives, we can never seek God's priorities and his goals for our life. So it's letting go of what we would want and grabbing a hold of what God wants for us. We have to will, be willing to give him ourselves. Why do we have to self-deny, okay? Because going to the next level as a Christian in your faith is not about you. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. We are not the good news. We are the bearer of the good news. I see so many Christian leaders, I don't ever want to get this way, it's never about the leader. It should always point to Jesus. And that's where a lot of, a lot of people are going wrong. They get built up and puffed up and put up on a pedestal and they're going to fall, they're going to fail. Pride comes before a fall. But if you will always point people to him and let him work through you, the focus will be on the right person. Okay? We are not the Savior. We are witnesses of the Savior. To steer people to the Lord, we've got to focus them on the Lord. No one in this room has ever saved anyone. <laughs> Only Jesus can forgive and give eternal life to us. First act of self-denial. I'm wrapping up is denying the fact that we might be able to be good enough to impress God. Forget that. None of us are. The first act of self-denial is losing our dependence on ourselves and depending solely on Jesus. Romans 6, 6 says, We know that our old life was put to death on the cross with Christ. This happened so that our sinful selves would have no power over us. Then we would not be a slave to sin. We deny self and we let Jesus reign in our lives. If we're not denying ourselves, we want to follow Jesus, we want to follow a Jesus that doesn't require anything of us. 
If you are not denying yourself, you want to follow a Jesus that he, don't require anything of me, Lord. I love you with everything I am. Makes no sense. We want to twist Jesus, our Savior, into a version of Jesus we're comfortable with. That'll do for me. That's enough. I don't, I don't want any more. We want one that doesn't require any sacrifice. And uh, I'll, I'll attend church some on Sundays, but, but Lord, it's minimal commitment for me. And you, you might smile and say, well, <laughs> it's reality. It is reality from some, for some believers. Minimal commitment. I'm not going to give you everything. I'm not going to really sacrifice. But yet we say we want to go to another level. Praise team will come back up. When I preach a little hard sometimes, I can tell in the room, it goes. Remember, I'm always preaching to myself first. How do I deny myself? By surrendering to the Lord every single day. Every day. We don't get days off as as a believer in Jesus, as a follower of Jesus. We don't get days off. Today, Lord, man, I served you well yesterday. Today, I got some business to take care of with some people that I don't really care for. No, deny yourself, follow him every day. Do our best to imitate him. Deny yourself, follow him with our cross. Each day we're to bring glory to God by our words. I know we make mistakes. I know we have slip-ups. But remember, we're trying to bring glory to God by our words, by our actions, and the life that we are living. Denying ourselves also means sacrificing for others. It means loving others, even when they're unlovable. Breaking away from sin by spending quality time with God through prayer and His Word. And as you stand this morning, I want to finish with just one, one little thought here. Studying God's word is wonderful. It is great. I encourage you to do that. We need to do that. But we also need to remember following Jesus is not only about gaining knowledge. It's not just about that. It's also experiencing him or encountering him through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I can know, you can know a lot of this But if you're not encountering him, if you're not experiencing him, you're not living this out. So this morning, should you guys bow your heads for just a minute? I'm going to give you an opportunity to deny yourself this morning. Maybe something in this message, something triggered something in your heart and you understand Lord I am not denying myself there are so many times I'm putting myself ahead of you and you want to make that right with God this morning I'm telling you he will meet you here in this altar you can spend time in his presence you can confess you can repent from the things that are getting in the way of you and your relationship with him maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your savior You can know him today. Jesus died for you. The loneliness, the hurt, the pain, whatever you're struggling with right now, wherever you're at in life right now, God cares. 
and he wants you to know the love of his son Jesus. He died on the cross for you to forgive you of your sins, to give you hope in this life right now. So please come and respond if that's you today. Maybe you just walked away from the Lord. Your, your fire's gone. It's, there's just a spark left. Well, I'm, I'm here to tell you if there's a spark for Jesus left, there's a flame that can be fanned from that. So as we worship, as we pray, Father, have your way in this place. Lord, let us deny ourselves. Let's, let us get pride out of the way. Lord, come to the altar. Open up to you. Make it all about you, Father. Let us put our priorities back on you, Father. And we just praise you and we thank you for what you're going to do as people respond to your Holy Spirit conviction. In Jesus' name, amen.
You were
name of Jesus. Powerful name of Jesus. I thank the Lord for speaking to us and through us. If you ever deal with loneliness, and this is coming from somebody that dealt with it pretty heavy, I got a simple, 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 and I don't say this lightly, solution for you. Talk to Jesus. It did wonders for me. And you know what? By the power of the Holy Spirit, he talks back to us. And I don't mean talks back like a child to a parent. I mean, he speaks into us as we take time to speak to him. So speak to him. You're feeling lonely. You're feeling like you're by yourself in this. Talk to the Lord. He will encourage you with his presence. I thank him for what he did today and what he's going to do. Remember, you can only be obedient to God if you're listening to God. So take those moments throughout your day to listen to what he would have you do in certain situations. Uh, exemplify his character the best you can throughout each day. Deny yourself. It can be as simple as, I'm too tired to go to church today. Deny yourself and get your butt in church. Okay? It could be as simple as, I don't want to talk to that person at Walmart. But you don't understand these divine appointments that God places you in. If you're not obedient, what is that person missing out on? What if life and death hang in the balance for that person in that moment that God asks you to speak life into them? Be obedient. Deny yourself. Deny your embarrassed, you know, feeling ashamed or I'm, I'm just too nervous to do this. Just be obedient and let God lead it. Amen. Love you guys. Appreciate you. You're not dismissed. You are. Go win some people to Jesus.